Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. CJ, uh, for those not watching on YouTube, uh, you are wearing sunglasses. You are bobbing your head as if you are like Ray Charles or something. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> are you are, are you good? Are, are, are you, uh, did you have a lot of fun last night? I could not be better, my man. I am <laughs> I am someone who just summited his his professional Mount Everest, and the view from up here is beautiful. So I am in a great mood. Um, already mentally in summer vacation, even though we got 39 days of regular season left, the run to the playoffs, we got the draft, we got free agency. So it's nowhere near summer, but it feels great to, to get through trade deadline. Tons of fun yesterday. And I feel like you and I are going to be silly today. So let, let's have at it. It feels like you are going through some kind of high, a runner's high, not that other type of, you know, the flora and fauna stuff that you got uh, scared off from when you were at the, when you were in Calgary, you look like you're on a runner's high. Yeah, no, there's no issues that way. I, mean, I actually didn't even have that big a night last night or anything. Uh, Pierre mm-hmm. Lebron and I went out after our studio show, had a steak, had some red wine, was very civilized and I was home by midnight. So it wasn't, wasn't like a big wild party night or anything, but it was, it was nice to relax and, you know, put our feet up a little bit. And honestly, this is my favorite part of the season now, because as much as the trade talk is good, look, it's good for our show. We even talk about Sunday. Like we did a bonus episode and our audience showed up. Like we we took producer Nick away from his dog banjo on a Sunday. (laughs) Yes. We we took Julian, you're working every day. So, I mean, you were going to work anyway, but like we made you work extra. And I think it was our most downloaded episode ever which is unreal. Really? That's what I heard. I, I don't have, I'm not, I don't know a lot about the number stuff. I leave that to, to Nick and, and Adam Wild and the SDP boys, but I, I did hear it was our most viewed, most downloaded episode ever. So that was awesome. So as, as good as the trades are is my point. And it's good for our show. And I know it drives the audience. Like now we can literally focus on the playoff races. Like how lit is the playoffs going to be? Like the Eastern conference in particular is going to be bananas. Like I could, I can make a case for any of the eight teams making the playoffs to definitely win around. I'm not saying win the cup, but like, you know, like no one's really paying attention to Boston that much nationally. I mean, outside of, you know, Bruins fans or like even the Rangers, but like any of these teams get in, they can upset someone. They can ruin dreams. Like we just saw the Atlantic division blow its brains out at the deadline. Oh, Tampa, yeah. Tampa, Florida, Boston, Toronto all made big moves and two of those teams are losing in round one. Like it's, you know, it's just math hashtag. So anyway, I think this is going to be an awesome part of the year. And, I, and so I do love it when we, you can kind of remove the distraction of the trade stuff and just talk about the games. Cause this is, these are the best games we see all season long. Just the fact that you said hashtag like that, this is, this is a different level CJ that I am all here for. This is amazing. You, you, you have crossed that summit. You have emerged victorious and now you're just laying back, just being cool. That I guarantee this- I'm going to say something on this pod that I regret. I'm going to piss no. up by accident. I know it. Oh, don't, don't my do guard that. is down. My guard is down. I'm not even, there's no filter. It's just like straight from my brain into the universe. So here we go. Okay. Since, since you have no filter today, I should mention, we will get to uh, some other highlights that took place on the Monday with regards to trades and, and other moves. And I'd like to get a sense of which teams you like uh, who did moves at the deadline and which teams you didn't like. But I do want to know, how your day was with the trade center boys on TSN, because it was the first time you got to work with TSN uh, for the trade deadline. So I, I want to know as much as you can tell me about that experience. Well, I got to drink a Bobby margarita on set. So that was different. Uh, I still want till, one of those. Not till five o'clock though, to be clear. I wasn't drinking that okay. the show that you would have saw live on TV. It was when, when we went off air, but still <laughs> he's like, Bobby rolls into the studio He's got three cases of Bobby Margarita. He's just handed it out like presents on Christmas to everybody. What a legend. Um, it was really good, too. That was my first one. I think they're just coming to the LCBO here in Ontario, so I haven't had a chance to get one before that. It was tasty, like very highly recommend summer drink. And they, they don't even sponsor the pod, so this is just 
this is just a straight up reco. Uh, they we're could. Not, we're not even. We're, doing, I'm open to it. Right. We're not even doing business though. We're just giving all this stuff away for free. Um, so that was cool. Honestly, it, it was different than sports that for sure. For for starters, like I don't know how it would look because I didn't see it. Like, I'm in it, but anyone like if you saw Jeff O'Neill or Ray Ferraro or James Duffy, they're in a totally different building. Like I actually didn't see any of those guys face to face yesterday. Um, oh, you know what? That makes sense because I kept looking around the studio. I'm like, well, where's where's the trade breaker desk? Right. So we used two different studios. So it felt, I mean, it, it felt really ordered. Like normally that day feels chaotic because there's like 20 people, right? Or 25 people on air and they're like, they're backstage, on stage, all that stuff. You know, we didn't have that because we were spread across two studios. So it was very orderly relative to what I'm used to. But I'm not sure that's a TSN sports that thing as much as it's just a COVID reality um, that, that we did it that way. And I don't know, like, I think I'm just getting old, man. And I know that you, you make fun of me for bringing this up, but like, I just was not as stressed yesterday as I remember being in the past. But again, I'm not sure that's a TSN sports that thing as much as I just, you, you learn to make peace. Like you're going to get a few, you're going to get beat on, on lots just because that's how it goes. There's lots of people and you just, you just grind it out. But it was a fun day. Honestly, it was really like, I know it wasn't the biggest names that moved, but it's funny because the experience when you're in it trying to break trades, like the names are immaterial. It sounds weird, but like, you're still doing the same job. You're, you're bugging people. You're trying to figure out what's happening. You're figuring out the, which pick and this and that salary retained, all that stuff. So, you know, it doesn't affect my experience, I guess. Um, but it's probably more fun at home. Obviously if there's more bigger names or more surprises, it wasn't really what I call a surprise trade, right? Like they were all yeah. Mark Andre Fleury. Like I didn't expect him to be moved, you know, going to the studio early Monday morning. Um, but I mean, we knew it was a possibility, of course, just given his his situation. Uh, you know, beyond that, I, I don't think there was any huge surprises that, that that played out on deadline day. But anyway, it was a fun experience. I don't know if you if you saw. Did you see the seven year old? Yeah, Coach Cal. Team? Coach Cal, yes, that was a highlight. That old, was really man. fun. Seven years old. Like I was saying, the producer Nick before we started recording, like I was scared to answer the phone at my parents' house when I was seven because it might be another adult. Like, and I might have to talk to an adult. And he's like, <laughs> coming on trade deadline day and like pumping O dog up. Like that was great. Um, I love the Cheryl Pounder moment. I saw you tweeted about that. Yeah, that was incredible. It was like actually touching. You know, seeing her get the the jersey from Angela James. That was pretty cool. I liked our football promos i don't know if you if you saw that roll out i know i teased that i missed up. yours i saw like some of the uh the like the regional reporters but i think i missed yours yeah i i retweeted it but i also tweeted about 700 things else yesterday so you won't be able to find it but it was it was funny and <laughs> there, there was some good ones in there I, I i took the very serious mugging look chris johnson trade baker the ryerson university you just said trade baker and not maker yeah I'm Which not, I mean, technically could work because you know you're baking up stuff. You know, I'm not, not you know, just... I'm I'm here in body, but I don't have the full capacity. I I, <laughs> I, stretch, I stretch myself pretty thin the last few weeks. So this is like a weekend at Bernie situation. Oh yeah, this is the, <laughs> dropping me up. Did you see that movie? Uh, no, but uh, there was like a there was like a random like rap song made off of that movie a couple okay. of years ago. Yeah, it was it. it my, the way I know about Weekend at Bernie's is very unconventional to how other people would know about Weekend at Bernie's. I'll just leave it at that. Right. Well, I, I loved it as a kid. It's probably like one of any of those movies, though, that you loved a long time ago. If, if you rewatched it today, it might not stand the test of time. But as a kid, I thought it was the most hilarious thing ever that you're just taking this dead guy around for a weekend and pretending he's alive. <laughs> you know what it is? Now I remember it, there was a dance move someone it, like there was like an era in like hip-hop where like people would make songs centered around a dance move and people would say you were doing the bernie if you were like leaning back and like yeah, swaying yeah, yeah. your arms it's kind of like what like it's a bit like what like conor mcgregor does when he's like walking in the in the ring like swinging his arms around but just like yeah. lean back and look a little bit more dead like that's that's what i remember from that well i'm doing i'm doing the weekend at bernie's post-trade deadline <laughs> the <laughs> sunglasses Oh, yeah. The sunglasses, everything. But as much as I can, let's try to use out whatever energy you have left before uh, you, you you take a well-deserved nap, my friend, because I feel like you definitely deserve it. Um, you mentioned Marc-Andre Fleury going to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we've talked about him on this podcast, about 
you know, maybe he could go to Edmonton. He can go to, to Washington. Uh, the Leafs, is that a possibility? And, we, and we'll get to some of those details on that with uh, a Yeah, we got to get to the Kyle's beef, man. We'll, we'll get to the Kyle's it's beef. But legit I GM beef, and it's not even made up. Like, like I, I want the tail of the tape of that. I do want your thoughts on on the Wild making that move with Flurry first and and just elaborating more on, on how surprised you were about that trade going down and and what do you think the Minnesota Wild look like compared to every other contending team in the NHL right now? Well, the weird thing is, is the West feels like we feel like we're going for Colorado, Chicago, or Calgary, rather, uh, conference final, right? Like that? Yeah. And look, the problem is there, there definitely could be an upset, but it's like the Wild are just trying to get into something that could upset one of those teams. Um, you know, probably Colorado they're going to they're gonna face at some point, you would think, based on the division, but we'll see. If there's any crossovers or anything like that. Um, you know, the Wild had an interesting deadline, right? They, they get Tyson Jost in the deal with Colorado. They get Nick Delorier from, from Anaheim. And, and they get Marc-Andre Fleury. And so we, we can't turn that all in. And certainly I don't know that any of those moves, even Fleury, uh, well, he gives them some stability in that with Cam Talbot. Uh, you know, it doesn't, it's not like an all-in type of situation. But, you know, certainly I think that they're poised to, to win around. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And so, you know, I think it's an interesting move for Fleury. I, I didn't know if he would would ultimately want to waive. You know, it sounds like a couple of days before the deadline, he, he approved going there. I'm, I'm sure the fact he has that relationship with Bill Guerin helps things. Mm-hmm. You know, former former teammates and even, you know, Bill was in the, the Penguins front office uh, after his playing career. And so has a, you know, high degree of familiarity with, with Marc-Andre Fleury. And I think that probably helps makes things easier. But, you know, I also heard Mark on our, on our, our TSN coverage. I heard his interview. Like he was emotional, right? He's leaving his kids behind in Chicago, his family. So I did, I just wasn't sure he was going to move. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see him in, in the wild colors. I, I, you know, I think the wild are an interesting team. They had a real dip here the last little while. Um, and so maybe that takes some of the shine off them, but if they can get back to playing their level, I mean, uh, they got some exciting players and, and they get some goaltending. You know, I don't I don't see them as a contender, but I do see them as a team that could could break some hearts this 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 spring. Yeah. Uh, one thing, not just dip with the team, but one big reason why. I mean, a guy like Cam Talbot uh, wasn't necessarily playing at his height. But since but over the last few starts, funny enough, he's played really well. I think when he won on Monday, that's like a six straight win. Like he's. He's he's stepped up seemingly amidst all the talk of you know potentially upgrading the goaltending position and now he has a battery mate in in Mark Andre Fleury at the expense of Capo Kakinen who gets moved to uh, who gets moved in a separate deal. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Like how much Fleury will will play. I mean, I think they're in the situation a lot of teams now find themselves in. They can just go with whichever one's playing well. So if Talbot keeps playing well, you give Fleury some starts, but. You know, you don't necessarily have to hand them the number one job, even though they gave up that second round pick to get them. Um, you know, it, it, it definitely strengthens them. Uh, but, you know, goaltending is weird. Like Anton Forsberg just signed a three-year extension in Ottawa yesterday. Like, yeah, he I'm was on waivers three times last year. And, yeah. and he's had a great year. He's played 30 games. I think he's around 918. Like, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Anton Forsberg. I'm just saying, who would have predicted that when he was literally waiver wire fodder a year ago? And now, now he's getting you know some ex, some an extension rather than even being traded. So goaltending is unpredictable. Mark Henry Fleury's had his ups and downs this season. He's played well for stretches, but he's also been behind a team that isn't that good. The Blackhawks have not been uh, not had a great season. So um, you know, I, I think it's an intriguing move. It was probably the most surprising move, as I mentioned for me yesterday. And and I don't know how it's going to play out. Like that's that's what's weird. I don't know how much he's going to play. I don't know what we should expect of them in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, I like that they're at least giving themselves a chance to, to have a run. OK, what about uh, a more general conversation about teams you liked and other teams you were surprised by in the playoffs? I mean, I, I did not expect Artori Lekkinen to move uh, and he makes Colorado look a little bit stronger. Obviously, they're 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 the team to beat in, in the NHL right now. And, and you kind of touched off on some of the moves they had made leading up to uh, deadline day. Um but yeah, like I'd, I'd like to know like some other moves of that vein that you also thought were a bit surprising to you, even if there weren't any big significant trades beyond the Mark Andre Fleury move on the Monday. Well, I really like Colorado's deadline. Like I, I know that they wanted to get Claude Giroux, but to me, Arturi Lekkinen doesn't doesn't bring the star power, but I think he gives you 
what you need. I mean, they, they have, they have point producers on that team, right? You know, I, I was looking at it, like where would Claude Giroux play on their power play, for example? Like, I, I'm not sure as much as they like the intangibles there. And, and I'm certainly not banging on Claude. I, I just felt like they had a lot of the things he does well, you know, Lekkinen gives them, I think a really conscientious player to play probably on their third line, maybe their second line. We'll see how they end up going with, you know, if they go with more balance, maybe through three lines rather than loading up two. Um, and, and I like the Josh Manton deal. I know he's just a defensive defenseman physical, but you know, I, they got like eight good defensemen. Like, like you, you could dress any of those eight and I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's a team that means business. And so I think the avalanche, I mean, it, they're running away, right? Like they, they've, I think they got 95 points already. Um, they're obviously having a tremendous season, but I, I just see them as, as much as we put our money on Florida, at the all-star <laughs> game for our, for our SDPN bet. I, I wish we were holding an avalanche win the cup ticket because I, I think that they're, they're probably my personal favorite. Um, but, but, you know, we'll see. It's funny. I, I saw Ryan Callahan, I guess I saw a tweet about this. He said on one of the U S coverage that he actually thinks Calgary is more talented. So, you know, I'll defer to a former player a little bit. I, I just, but I do like the avalanche's deadline. It's, it's not maybe the biggest names, but I think that they really, address some holes, even getting Andrew Cogliano, just, just reliable veteran that they can kill penalties, play some fourth line for them. Um, you know, I, I think that they're, they're built for a playoff run and, and look, they need one. They, they're, they're kind of entering Toronto territory where it's, it's getting late early and, and, you know, they're going to have some difficult contractual decisions, probably losing Nazem Kadri as a free agent this summer. Um, you know, that it's, it's going to be hard to keep that team together. And so I think that Joe Sackick was smart to go all in. Um, you know, Tampa's deadline was interesting. You, you I was very see, surprised by theirs. Yeah, you can see clearly what Julian Breezewell was trying to do, right? He lost his entire third line from those cup teams um, with, with Gord, uh, Goodrow, and, and Coleman all moving on last summer. And he's trying to he's trying to rebuild that in some shape or form. And so you get the Nick Paul edition from Ottawa, uh, the, the big the big outlay for Brandon Hagel. And, you know, it's just it's hard not to like the Lightning, Um they got the best goal in the league probably with, with respect to Shesterkin, who's I'm not taking anything away from his, his season at all. And he's deservingly, we can probably give him the Vezina now, but I, I still, if it, if the chips were down, I still want Andre Vasilevsky. If you're playing one game to save your life, I want Andre Vasilevsky in net at this point in time. Yeah, he's, he's, he's consistently been the best goaltender in the world the last five years. Yeah. I mean, some people may say Carey Price of healthy Carey Price might still be that alternate option to Andre Vasilevsky, but I completely understand. And in fact, I, I would agree. I think Andre Vasilevsky at this point right now, considering what he does in game sevens, that's enough to sway anyone's opinion. If you need a goaltender in that to save your life. It is he had four but, shutouts in their four clinching games in, in the last cup. Like that's insane. Absolutely. Like, what, a, what a legend, man. It's funny. I'll have Carey Price backing up in that game to save my life. And then I'll have David Ayers as the emergency goalie. Just to- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my trio right there. If the game is being played to save CJ's life. Oh God. Yeah. You, that means the Leafs are playing against you in this situation, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. This, we're making up the rules as we go along, but uh, I, I want David Ayers in the emergency spot, eating popcorn in the stands just in case we need him. Oh man, we're a Gabalesi equipment. <laughs> uh, wow. But I was just I was surprised because with with Tampa, uh, just to go back on them, just because of the fact that you're right, like they do need to build up their third line, and you need that line to get you through in the postseason. But it's not as if like the Tampa Bay Lightning on their own, you know, don't have the horses to to go on another deep run, right? And the fact that they were willing to shell out pieces to get uh, a Brandon Hagel, they had to part with Matthew Joseph. Uh, to get uh, Nick Paul from Ottawa. Like that's, I, I expected Julian Brisebois to, to be relatively quiet at the deadline. And he ends up making two pretty useful moves that, you know, we're looking at Colorado, we're looking at Florida and, and we mentioned not to sleep on other teams, but I almost kind of feel like a lot of people are just kind of just letting Tampa just chill, not remembering what they've done over the last two Stanley Cup playoff runs. Like they could easily go back to the Stanley Cup final again. Yeah. And those are bold moves. Like these might not work out. And, and, you know, that's the nature of the trade deadline. Obviously any trade could blow up in your face, but you know, two first for Hegel, like if, if for whatever reason, if he doesn't get comfortable there, if he doesn't find a way to make an impact, if he doesn't find 
chemistry with line mates. Like, like that's, that's a huge price banking on him being a very useful player. Um, and keep in mind, you know, this was a guy, I believe he was drafted in the sixth round unsigned by Buffalo. He's got, he's riding a high shooting percentage this year. When you look at the goals scored, you know, he, he doesn't generate a ton of shots, even though he's been scoring goals. I'm just saying that, that there is some risk baked into this. He's also young. He's 23. So, um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not knocking the move. I'm just underlining the fact that it's, it's not a sure thing. And, you know, I, I like that. I think Tampa's in the position to do that. You know, it's like, if you're on a heater at the casino, you might as well keep going, <laughs> you know, like, why would you, why would you stop if you're them? And if they win a third straight Stanley cup, like, when did that last happen? Did the Oilers even win three in a row in the eighties? I'm pretty sure they didn't. I think they won. My brain two. is, my brain is fried. I, 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 I would have to just look that up straight up. But like we're talking I think the about last time they won three in a row was the Islanders when they won four in a row in the late seventies, early eighties. Like we're, in today's day and age, dynasty. that's ridiculous. It's crazy. Like even just and and they got they got they got a chance. Did you just man. say ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What the hell, man? That's what y'all say? Damn. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, I mean, I, I love, I love the, I love the spirit coming out of Tampa. You know, I also love the spirit coming out of Florida. Like, I don't know if those work, moves are going to work. I think it's an absolute overpayment for Ben Sherratt. You know. Damn. Let's like, get into it. Is an overpayment for Ben Sherratt? Get into but, it. Speak your the, truth. But here's the thing, though. Payment. It's like if you come and you want to buy my house. Payment is based on how many other people want to buy my house. And a lot of people wanted to buy Ben Sherratt. So Montreal was able to extract a big price for a stay-at-home defensive defenseman uh, who doesn't impact shot share in a positive manner. Uh, it doesn't mean he's not useful. Obviously, very physical. He's going to make you think twice if you go to the, the front of the net uh, against him in a playoff series and you're playing every other night. Uh, you're going to be you're going to have the, the, the branding on his stick implanted on your, your back or your you know, some other piece of your body is going to make you feel it. Um, but, you know, that was a, a big price they, they go in, they get Giroux, they get Robert Hag from, from Buffalo. Like, like I like the, I, I like that Bill Zito's looking at his team and going, this team hasn't won a playoff series since 1996. So he, he's, I wish more NHL GMs were like this in a sense, because first of all, the trade deadline would be even more interesting, but yeah. I think, I think the league would be better for it if, if, teams were just going all in. And so, um, you know, I like what, I like what the Florida Panthers did. I just, I'm not sure in this division, how can you say anything with certainty? You know, I was saying earlier, like we're playing a game to save your life, Julian, we're playing a game to save your life. Which of the top four teams, in the Atlantic is definitely going to win a playoff series. Tampa, Bay. Tampa, Tampa, Bay. Tampa. So you're that, picking Tampa probably... over Toronto right now, basically. Oh, easy. Easily Tampa Bay over Toronto right now. Although it could be Tampa Boston because as we're recording this, Boston has actually tied the Leafs in points. So there's there's a scenario. I'm still picking we... Tampa. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point, just they've established themselves as. The I forget to inform beat. you that we're now going to have you have to have you killed in mid May when Tampa gets loses in round one. But uh, that's, the that's not going to happen. That's Tampa not going to happen. No way. Well, you, I'm just no you. You're not doing that. I'm merely saying that, and look, I'm not making any predictions. I'm not making any bets here. I'm just saying that. Who's going to knock on wood right now? I could, I could see some upsets in that first round. I, I think it's going to be crazy, and so, yeah. But I, I like that 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 the Panthers, you know, they're trying to to pull themselves up to have had such a great year. So I like the spirit there. I just, I'm not sure if it was the right set of moves. Kind of a weird deadline for Carolina. It looked like they were going to do nothing. They get Max Domi. I wanted to get to the Metro Division. That let's let's get into Carolina and Pittsburgh and some of those moves too. Yeah, like Carolina wanted a defenseman. I think they found the prices too much. You know, a couple teams like that. Calgary wanted another defenseman. The prices were a bit too much for them. Um, they get Max Domi at the buzzer. Uh, you know, I, this is weird. Like all those. I don't remember the trade deadline going to seven p.m. in the past. Like there, there was. You could argue it went a little later than that. Yeah, but there was like there was a real holdup. It was strange, but anyway, that trade went through. I think it's six p.m. Eastern, like three hours after the deadline, maybe. Um, I, it just feels like a strange deadline for them, given how good their team is. Now, the truth is, sometimes the best moves you make are the ones you don't make. Um, you know, just doing something to do it isn't always a good luck. But yeah, you know, I just wonder if the Hurricanes end up falling short this year, if they're just going to have some regret that they didn't didn't get a little more aggressive at the deadline. Um, 
but it was a while, it was a wild deadline period. I know the day itself, as I say, it wasn't maybe all the fireworks you'd want, but it was, it was a pretty crazy last week leading into that deadline. Yeah. Just a lot of moves. We didn't even get into uh, one player who you definitely saw moving Andrew cop moving from Winnipeg uh, going to the Rangers and, and Ricard Raquel uh, moving from Anaheim to, to Pittsburgh. There's another trade involving the Anaheim ducks that we will get to before the end of this podcast, because as, as I understand it, that's still uh, an ongoing matter. But I, I'd like your thoughts on those two trades, the cop trade and, and the Raquel trade. Well, Anaheim, Pat Verbeek added a boatload of picks in the, in the last week. Um, I mean, it helps when you have three pretty notable pending UFAs and Raquel, Lindholm, and, and Manson to sell. Uh, but, man, he, he, did some, he did some business in, in refreshing what's going on there. Uh, I like that deal for Pittsburgh. For some reason, like I don't, we even talked about the Penguins on this pod. This is episode 52. I don't even know if we've mentioned them. Um, a little bit. It's like a lot of teams, though. Like I guess nothing's new there. Um, you know, they're just plugging their Mark Donks in and, and just cruising along. Sidney Crosby. Sidney <laughs> Crosby. Crosby's having his most productive season in about five years in terms of points per game. Um, you know, Getty Malkin and Chris Letang are both playing at the final years of their contracts and, you know, franchise cornerstone pieces that we don't even know if they're back. I mean, it's just interesting. They're just kind of flown under the radar. Tristan Jari has been pretty good for them in net. I uh, was at the all-star game. Uh, I liked, I like the Raquel deal just gives them something. I, I I'm telling you, I think the first round of playoffs are going to be bananas. We're going to see something crazy happen. Cause I don't know who, like, who would you pick in the Metro? That, that, Carolina, that is a tough Rangers. Pick. Like you love you love Shesterkin with the Rangers, but you know I got questions about their blue line, and I think in a playoff series in particular, a team like Pittsburgh could expose them uh, defensively. You know Washington's kind of in the weeds. Like I I don't know what they are. Like this is, it's going to be awesome. Are we going to do like a bracket maybe when we get there? We haven't even talked about. We've been so focused would, on the deadline. I don't know what we do for the. Like, do we still have a podcast or do we just fold up shop? Like, what are we doing? Uh, no, 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 no. I think during the playoffs, we absolutely have to keep this podcast going. And I absolutely think we should have a bracket. Oh, no, 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 no. This 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 train keeps going until the draft, as far as I'm or free agency in this case, as far as I'm concerned. I have no problem keeping this going for the playoffs and talking about how crazy the first round is and everything else leading up to that. Provided, you know, you're not already, you know, too, uh, I don't know, backlogged with other assignments and jet setting and all that, because I assume you're going to be traveling for the playoffs. I actually don't know. I, I would assume so oh, really? too. I usually do, but like we live in strange times. I've got a bunch of new jobs. I don't know. I don't know what's going to be happening, to be honest. Are we going to record in the summer or do we take a break? Like how does this even work? So like I, the way I envisioned it, and we could talk to Adam about this was that, I guess after like a week of free agency, we should give ourselves like a month off. Cause like, there's going to be that dead period in August where like nothing happens. And then we can right. come back, I guess, just around like preseason or I guess kind of like around a similar time when we started the first season of this podcast. So I'm going that's, to what I, that's how I'm I going to Europe this summer, bud. Oh dude, where are you going in Europe? CJ summer vacay. I haven't figured it all out yet, but I'm, uh, I'm piecing out for a little while. I was thinking, though, I could just check it. We could do the pod from there. I could tell you what I'm up to. <laughs> All right. Look, no hockey. Look. I'm going to go to some hockey countries, though. I think I'm going to hit Sweden, uh, where I've got some buddies, and, and maybe Finland again. I love I love Helsinki in the summer, man. It's an awesome place. All right. So so we'll figure that out. You know, <laughs> CJ Summer Vacay, uh, the podcast episodes. If you guys let us know in the comment section, if you want podcast episodes dedicated exclusively to CJ Summer Vacay. Maybe it's not two a week. Maybe we, we strip it down. I don't know. I'm just I'm worried about losing the momentum. Our, our folks just showed up. We got to show up for them, brother. Dude, don't worry about the momentum, man. We, we going to keep this going because <laughs> especially if you're going to be as lit as you are today they're gonna stick around <laughs> um, <laughs> let's 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 get to the radic beef uh that has taken place between two gms uh <laughs> in the battle of the kyles uh kyle dubas and kyle davidson uh dubas plays for toronto i mean gm of toronto davidson for chicago uh, as i understand you can fill in whatever details are necessary uh, dubas was not happy about the fact that some details were leaked of a potential trade between he and Chicago that may or may not have involved Marc-Andre Fleury. And when asked about it, Dubas says, hey, you know what? This is something that should be brought up with 
his fellow Kyle counterpart Davidson. Davidson's saying that this is something he'll he'll deal with Dubas, you know, properly and 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 privately. And it just seems like a little bit of a little bit of awkwardness between those two. Yeah, my read was that Kyle Dubas was rather frustrated at the deadline. Like the Leafs signed Harry Sateri out of the KHL to for oh yeah that too. You know he, he's taken off waivers. This trade leaks. You know the Leafs just found out Rasmus Sandin is going to be out probably for you know at least a month with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. And like I just think as much as the, the Leafs were happy to get the Giordano trade done, and and you know they managed it. They they did decent work with the the cap room they had, which wasn't a lot. I think that he ended up being kind of salty just with the whole deadline experience. And, you know, first of all, I got, this is the honest truth because I would never lie to our listeners. I don't know who Darren Drager's source was. It was Darren Drager, my, my TSN colleague that reported the non-trade that, that seems to be at issue here, but I'm not even sure it came from Chicago. Like this is why I'm, I'm just confused about what all happened here um, because trades do get out from time to time. Like that didn't happen. And, you know, I think this one was just a little sensitive for the Leafs. Like, what's weird is that there's no roster players involved, right? The, the deal that didn't happen was going to be two first-round picks, a prospect named Matthew Knees from Toronto who, who played for, for Team USA in Beijing. He's a player, actually, the Leafs drafted last year, but I think that they want to give him some NHL games once his college season is done this season. Like, he's going to play. They really like the player. And Peter Mrazek uh, for Marc-Andre Fleury and Brandon Hagel. And – First of all, it was not news that the Leafs inquired on Flurry. You know, we'd already reported on that on insider trading last week. Uh, you know, we know Morazic standing with the team is not very good. I mean, he let in five. Last we saw him, he was letting in five goals in the outdoor game, and then he was placed on waivers. So, I mean, it's pretty evident the Leafs don't have some issues with his performance and, and with his contract. And, you know, they ultimately didn't make the deal because they love Matthew Knees and, and they, they valued the, the futures in that deal too much to, to make the trade. So, you know, I, I guess I understand frustration when things get out. You got to manage a situation. I suppose there's now an opportunity for us to look back and reverse and maybe criticize the Leafs if this goaltending situation that they're going forward with blows up. Um, but I do wonder if it was maybe just the emotions of the deadline itself. And and so this will be interesting because we're actually I'm headed to Florida in a couple of days. Uh, the GM's meeting is going on in West Palm Beach next Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, there'll be an opportunity for those guys to be face to face. Maybe it's just one conversation. You know, I have to believe once the emotion passes, it's, this isn't going to be long standing. But who knows? Because they both gave rather clippy, direct quotes about the situation um, to reporters. So they just—they neither of them downplayed it. Put it that way. Uh, no one was like, "Ah, this thing's happened, and you move on." Um, it felt—it was weird. I—I—I I, I don't totally understand it. If I'm—if I'm being honest, like I just think shit happens a little bit. Sometimes things get out. Um, there's a lot of gossip that goes around. That's part of the deadline. It's part of what makes it fun. And so I have to believe this won't carry on, but we'll have, we'll get a better sense for that next week. So we should not expect a tale of the tape uh, as Kyle Davidson and Kyle Dubas go at it in some kind of boxing ring in, in wherever in Florida you're going. No, I don't think either of those guys, I know Kyle Dubas better than Kyle Davidson, but I don't think either of those guys have like the Brian Burke personality where he's renting a barn to fight Kevin Lowe after the, after the offer sheet that given to Dustin Penner back in the day. Like, I don't, I don't think you have anything. I don't think you have anything that colorful coming, but who knows? I mean, I didn't expect those comments yesterday, honestly. Like I I even understand if there's underlying tension there. Uh, I think you have to remember GMs are very competitive people by nature. Obviously they're all competing to have success, to keep their jobs. I mean, it's, it's very front facing high pressure jobs. And so I, I think it's only natural that maybe some tensions build up with, with things that go down. You know, I can't imagine, for example, Kyle Dubas is all that happy with Bill Armstrong in Arizona who just claimed that goaltender, you know, who, you know, Arizona, if they wanted Harry Sateri could have signed them themselves. Right. I mean, there's nothing illegal about it, but I can understand that that might've pissed them off too. Like that, again, that's normal. Um, but this is going to be an interesting one. I, I I don't, I would guess the next time either of them are asked about it in public, they're going to downplay it, but who knows? I mean, GM beef, it gives us, gives us something else to talk about. Harry Sateri getting claimed by Arizona after the Leafs signed him and then had to put him through waivers is a very Leafs thing to happen. Yeah. And like Dubas even noted that, that they've had more than twice as many players claimed as any other team in recent years. So I think that there is a frustration there. And I can tell you, 
Harry Sateri wanted to come to Toronto. Like he didn't want to be claimed. Obviously he was a free agent and he had the ability to sign in theory with anybody. And he chose the Leafs. He liked the opportunity. He, you know, he could envision circumstances where he was going to play playoff games for Toronto. And I actually don't think it's crazy. I, I wouldn't say it's likely, but you know, Peter Mrazek, let's, let's call it as it is. Like, I think he's the Leafs don't really have, I guess he could rise up. He's still got two years left on his deal. So they're stuck with him. But like, I think they've moved on from him essentially as a, as a real option. Jack Campbell's injured and was, you know, way underperforming for a good two months before his injury. Um, so there's no guarantee there. Eric Shelgren, you know, their other goaltenders started two any three NHL games now. Um, you know, he's won two of them. Like th- th- he could be something, but it's not for sure. So Harry Sateri was looking at this like, hey, there, there's an opportunity to go on a run there. So he didn't want to be claimed. Um, but this rule's in place. So people don't understand the rule. But basically, if you played in Europe that season, you have to pass through waivers because theoretically a team like the Leafs or anyone else could have a deal cooked up and say, hey, you go spend the year in Finland and then join us for the playoff chase. And I, I believe there's a player named Rejo Ristolainen or uh, back in the, the 80s Oilers teams, he would always spend the season in Europe and then come join the Oilers and win a Stanley Cup and, and just play a part season in the NHL. And so the, the NHL enacted this rule essentially to keep those sort of wink, wink deals from, from going down. And so this is completely fair. Um, but, you know, I, I, you feel for the player a little bit there. And, and honestly, like the Leafs goaltending is it's going to be fascinating. Because I understand the approach. Honestly, I do. Like, I, I didn't see – if they weren't getting flurry, I didn't see the obvious ad here to, to make you feel better about it. But you can't be that confident right now. You know, you've got a 25-year-old rookie in Shelgren. You've got Campbell, who who knows what you get. Like, I know he's his health is returning. He's close to playing again. But can he rediscover it? And then you have Mrazek, who's, you know, pitching about an 880 save percentage, and he's played 15 or 16 games. Like, like it's not – He's played a significant part of the season and just there's holes everywhere. Uh, you know, this, this could sink Toronto's whole season. Uh, and, and, you know, that would be a shame. They're, they're actually having a good year. Uh, I know they get micro analyzed a little bit in, in their own marketplace, but if you actually step back and look at it, I mean, this is, they're on pace for their most points in franchise history. Austin Matthews probably going to win an individual award or two. You know, this is, this is a really good team and, but it's got one clear question mark, if not flaw, and they weren't able to address that at the deadline. And they play in the same division as Tampa, Florida, Boston. Uh, you know, they're up against some really good teams in that division. And yeah, they don't, uh, they don't get Detroit yeah. in round one or Buffalo in round one, unfortunately for them. No, they do not. Uh, I want to get to uh, one move that, uh, as far as I understand, that's still kind of a of an ongoing matter: the Evgeny Dadanov trade from uh, Vegas to Anaheim, which uh, we all thought that we could all just go home and be happy after the trade deadline. And there seems to be some issues. It's a, it's in dispute for just as a quick, just background here, the Golden Knights were supposed to send him to Anaheim, uh, which I think comes like almost like eight months after they got him, which came after they, they let go of Marc-Andre Fleury, funny enough. And uh, it turns out Anaheim was on uh, Dadanov's list of teams he did not want to go to. Vegas claims as if they did not know about the teams on whatever list that he had on, or if they don't know if he even had a list and the trade is under dispute. Where are we at with this move right now? How weird is this? Has this ever really happened before? I'm sure it has somewhere along the line. I don't recall anything like this. And, you know, for the bit more of the backstory, his 10 team, no trade clause, the way it works, he has to submit those 10 teams by July 1st each year. He submitted 10 teams to Ottawa on July 1st, 2021, gets traded July 28th to Vegas. Obviously Vegas wasn't among the 10 teams on his no trade list. So he's been in Vegas this year. You know, what's at issue is did Vegas know at that time was that trade list basically transferred to them? Because if you don't, those clauses don't automatically carry over in a trade. I believe when, um, P.K. Subban was moved from Montreal to Nashville, for example. He lost his no-movement clause or no-trade clause because it wasn't transferred to the Predators in that, in that transaction. And so that's really what's at issue. Did, did, did he keep this trade list? Because what isn't at issue is that Anaheim was on his list of 10 teams. I do know Evgeny Dadnov was with the Golden Knights yesterday in Minnesota. He was in the dressing room after the trade went down telling his teammates, I, they're on my no-trade list. I'm not going there. And so... I don't know how this gets resolved. What's what's interesting is that it got approved to begin with um, mm-hmm. because, you know, we actually walked through the last episode. What happens 
that systems check I mentioned on the trade calls is partly to make sure none of these issues are outstanding, whether it's the team having the cap space or, the, or you know, having 50 contracts, uh, which is the limit you can carry NHL contracts. We're making sure the clauses are satisfied. And so this trade got approved, but is now uh, in some degree of, of question. You know, the NHLPA is involved on behalf of Dadnov. The league's obviously looking into it. I, I would think it will come to some resolution in short order, but very weird, uh, strange situation. Um, you know, and Dadnov, he's got another year on his deal. So this isn't, this isn't just about being traded for the end of the year. It's also in, impacts his next season, impacts how much tax he pays moving from Nevada to, to California. He also had a contractual right to say 10 teams he wasn't going to. And, and evidently Anaheim was one he didn't want to play for. So I, I don't, I don't know what will happen here, but you know, that was a big move for the Golden Knights in terms of cutting salary cap space. I believe if the trade goes through, they save about 3.3 million against the cap and, and they're going to need that money when they start activating players on a long-term injured reserve. So, you know, this, this is a wide ranging reaching trade and it's also comes an interesting time, right? Like Vegas lost to Minnesota on Monday night and Vegas is clinging to a playoff spot. Um, you know, what an interesting team. I think this might be just a year like where the whole world conspired against them. And, and you just almost move past it and, and you'll be good again next year. Like almost don't overthink it. You know, people forget Tampa missed the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, they didn't overthink it too much. You know, they traded away a couple of players, Brian Boyle, Phil Pull at the time, but they didn't like blow up the whole core and, and they, they won two cups with that core. So I think this is probably a year not to be overreacted to, but you know, this dad knob deal is in a weird spot. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know how the league's going to rule on it. That Lightning team that missed the playoffs, I believe, also had to deal with a number of injuries similar to what the Golden Knights are going through as well. And you mentioned uh, the fact that we had to explain what goes on in a trade call. The one thing I kept thinking of is one of the questions we got and asked CJ uh, that asked, you know, hey, how could the Golden Knights possibly ice a team uh, with all they have going on with LTIR? And now with this move, if if that enough, if they don't clear that, I'm sure that also puts the the Golden Knights in some degree of difficulty and uh, and shit, if you were, uh, if they're not able to get rid of that salary. Yeah, it's going to make things complicated. Keep in mind, though, they can still make a trade after the deadline, as can any other team. What the deadline is for is players being uh, available for the playoffs. So if Vegas were to need room to activate players, there's still a world where they trade someone off their roster to another team and that player just wouldn't be eligible to, to compete in the playoffs. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it, it is that, that, that option is still available to them. We, we haven't seen it happen a whole lot. I, I do know there was almost going to be that kind of trade. Columbus was nearly made a deal during the playoffs a few years ago. And, and I can't remember all the circumstances, but they were almost going to need to create cap room or something um in in the playoffs so they almost made a trade but you know you don't see it happen too often but it is it's possible just as players can come from europe and and sign now but but they're only available until the end of the regular season okay uh does ottawa have any blame in all this should they have told vegas that there was a no trade clause in Dadanov's contract where do you see them playing a role in all of this well the hard thing is i don't know what was said at that time so you know it I, I don't know what the senators did or didn't say, so I can't really assign blame to them, but I do think typically that would be disclosed during a trade call. I wonder, I don't know if those calls are recorded. Maybe the league can go and listen back um, or, or certainly there would be emails sent to the league maybe where that was declared. Um, you know, it's, it's a murky situation and I look, I'm, I'm going to stay out of the handicapping on this one because it, it is, it's weird and it's a little bit of, who said what and when is going to be important. And obviously what, what was documented. Um, but what a strange situation where the players saying, I'm not going there. And then the team goes ahead and trades and the trade is approved. And now it's in dispute. I, I don't remember anything like this. I mean, it's, I'm sure the NHL can't be happy that this is playing out the way it has, but the world isn't perfect, my friend. No, it is not. Uh, I mean, neither are we, but no, who cares? No, no, neither. Oh. You know, we're not. Thank, yeah, who cares? Um, I mentioned Ask CJ. You may remember in the last podcast that we did, we had a special trade deadline edition of Ask CJ. We took a lot of hockey questions. You know, we were getting ourselves going. 
But uh, you can tell CJ dancing around, if you're watching this, uh, is pretty excited because we're doing Ask CJ again, but this time. I hope there's not many hockey questions. I'm hockeyed out. I don't know about the listeners. I'm hockeyed out. Even better. There are like no hockey questions. Oh, oh. there's like, like the one thing. Let's talk about summer vacations and, you know, the hot shows. Let's, let's be relevant. Hot shows? Like the only you haven't even watched Ted Lasso yet. I, I actually did watch the rest of Ted Lasso. Oh, okay. So you're up to date. You're up I'm to up date. to date on Ted Lasso. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm, I apologize for jumping. I started the watching the morning show. Oh, know. that's a show I wanted to start watching. I haven't gotten to yet. I'm three or four episodes into the morning show. I, I've been enjoying it. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind. Um, before I get to a question though, was there any other like main difference between sports that's trade deadline day show and TSN's trade deadline day show that you didn't bring up that I didn't ask about? No, I mean, I've never got a margarita on set at Sportsnet, So that was, no, that was, new. I never got to sit beside Bob McKenzie, like Bob, what a legend, man, like rolls in, you know, he's not spending the whole year grinding it out. Like, you know, we're doing insider trading twice a week. So we've been bugging a lot of the people that we've been bugging yesterday for info, you know, leading up to the deadline. But Bob just rolls in, breaks a few trades, controls things. He, he would be like, hey, CJ, reach out to the Ducks on this. Or like, he was like, he was like quarterbacking and, and like making jokes about he just how he just tells people what to do. He doesn't do it himself anymore. Um, that was that was really fun. But, you know, I used to have fun, too, with Elliot and, and you know, Jeff Merrick or, or John Shannon back in the day or Kipper, even if you're going back a few trade deadlines. I, I think I did eight did eight or nine trade deadlines at Sportsnet, and that was my first at TSN. Um, TSN's more organized, uh, I would say. Like, there was more lead up. Like, I probably had – we had a call last week. It was probably more interesting than the deadline itself. If we could have, if we could have recorded that call and safely put it out in the universe, like hockey fans, it was like two and a half hour call where everybody emptied their notebook on every team. And, oh and, and it was really cool. And like what they've been told about certain players, things to watch. Like we didn't do those kind of meetings at sports that uh, I think honestly, because we were more busy putting on all the games, right? Because, you know, Saturday is hockey night in Canada, which every week is a crazy amount of work for the people behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And then Monday the trade deadline comes like, it's like, there's almost no time, but, you know, TSN, I think, builds it up a little bit better. Um, you know, the audience shows that. I would say that back when I worked at Sportsnet, the, TSN always draws a bigger audience that day. It's just more established for that. So that was different, but it was a lot of fun. Honestly, I, I loved I loved doing it. I love being there. I think it's like the right amount of serious and not serious. Like, I think James Duffy is a genius, man. Me too. Um, I don't know how he sits in and does that whole day because – Sunday night, we were at the studio until like 9.30. And then, you know, it's like you go home, sleep for a few hours, you're back in at 6 a.m. Like just that he's that mentally sharp. Like, he, you know, he does the real work on that day, basically. Quarterbacking that whole, the chaos there, him and him and the producers. I mean, that's that's a crazy job. I mean, I just sit in the corner and text everybody and try to pop some info out. It's, it's much easier than what he was doing. I, I was hoping that you would come up on one of those Trady Bunch segments that they use as filler, but uh, they only showed like your your head in like the intro segment, and then you never showed up unless you were you were on one like really early in the morning. No, I honestly, this will sound weird. I didn't even watch our show because like we're so involved in in the info, and when we're not on camera, like we're just talking amongst ourselves, we're texting, comparing info, like so. I didn't even like I saw it out of the corner of my eye that they were doing Trady Bunch, but I didn't see any of it. I didn't I didn't have to. I wasn't part of that uh, at all. Oh, OK. One last thing about Duffy and I'll get to the questions. One of my favorite moments from that show was they were doing like the Brad Tree Living press conference and they're showing it and he's acting, he's getting asked all these questions. And then they finish it up and then they cut back to. Well, they don't show Duffy on camera, but he's literally at one point just like, well, I didn't expect it to end early, but I'm literally eating trail mix. And you just hear him chewing through it. <laughs> you just got to own it, man. <laughs> oh, man. James Duffy <laughs> is a genius. And uh, I, 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 I want to meet him one day and just pick his brain and just hang out with him because he seems like the coolest dude. I had him on a podcast once, but like, and he was amazing then, but I want to meet him like in person. He's a real deal, man. Like even just, I got a lot of respect, like for David Amber, I worked with at Sportsnet, like hosting, 
it's weird. Like you almost don't want to notice a good host in a sense. Like you want it to be so seamless that they're just passing it around, you know, throwing it around a horn. Like they're not really the star, even though they kind of are the star, but like just seeing his process, like when we, for example, like when we go in and do an insider trading and we'll, you know, we each have our items and just like the way he blends it together and makes it flow. Like I, I my brain doesn't work that way. I could not do that. So kudos to those guys. And as I say, like they're on air for the whole day and to keep your minds like, it got to like 1230 yesterday and I honestly wanted a nap. Like I was getting tired, like just staring at my phone, like you're under the TV lights. Um, I, I Thankfully, I got my second win. I chugged some coffee and had some trail mix and everything went well. <laughs> and you didn't get caught on air. I had a killer. I actually had a killer falafel bowl for lunch. So okay. TSN, TSN had some good catering there. Who, who has better food, Sportsnet or TSN? Uh, I would say TSN in this case. Sportsnet, they, you would get like the sandwich platters usually. And I like myself a good sandwich, don't get me wrong. But we actually like pre-ordered our food. Like we had options. And then they like delivered them in bags. I don't know if that's a COVID thing or what, but my falafel bowl was excellent. <laughs> Shout out, Aramark. Shout out, Aramark. Uh, let's, let's get to the Ask CJ Fun questions edition. This is from Red Shark Pack on Discord. We've entered this debate. Are there more doors or tires in the world? Tires. Easily. Easily. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know there why are more tires. out here overthinking this one. <laughs> I don't know either. Like, a lot of cars. You live in one house. Like how many families have two cars? So then you have eight wheels for that family and you maybe have two doors on your house. That's true. That's very true. Now you're going to say, what about all the families that don't have a car? <laughs> I wasn't even going to, I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I don't, I, you seem pretty decisive. I don't know if me bringing up, bringing that up as a devil's advocate is going to sway you. I love, I love that Bruce Boudreaux weighed into this too. Yes. That was yes. funny. Okay. So for people wondering, uh, there are more wheels or tires in the world, according and to And a hot dog thing. is a sandwich. That too. We might as well get that one out the way. Uh, well, Jonathan C. What are the other internet debates? The dress is uh, blue. Uh, 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 you know, there was that one video where they played some sound and it sounded like they were saying Yanni or Laurel. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. No, no. Okay. We'll, we'll find a way to, to get you to weigh in on that. But they definitely too. said Yanni. They definitely said Yanni. All right. There it is right there. They definitely said Yanni. Uh, let's get to this question from Jonathan C. I have a really important question for CJ. Where's the weirdest place that you've broken a train? And how many have you broken in the bathroom? The people got to know. I actually don't remember if I've ever broken one in the bathroom. But I mean, it's possible. I mean, <laughs> in the weirdest place. Like, once I was shopping at a Walmart and I broke a train. Like, I don't remember. I wish I remembered hey. that. I, I don't remember. I do know Colby Armstrong found out he got bought out by the Maple Leafs while using a bathroom at a Walmart. So that's, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> I think you Brian Burke's phone number. That might not be my information to share, but uh, sorry, Colby. That's uh, um, okay. No filter. I don't have a good answer for that one, but you know, I'm on my phone all the time, like everybody. So you know, it's always like whether it's waivers or whatever, like you're always in the middle of something right when, it, you know, it's just sort of Murphy's law. It's never when you're just chilling at home on the couch that you get info. It's usually when like all hell is breaking loose and you got hands full of your groceries and whatever. Um, but that's the fun of it. I mean, what a, what a great job. Uh, I wish I thought about an answer for this next one. Uh, this is from Ninja on Discord. Fun question. We all know Steve's people are called the Dangle Navy, Jesse's are the crab people, and Adams are the Balls Battalion. <laughs> Since when were they the Balls Battalion? Oh, Adam, Adam likes Manscaped ads. I know that. Clearly, yeah, and, and Balls. Uh, CJ and Julian, what Not are only, your He's also called? a client. Yes, that too. Uh, what are your groups called? What What is your group called? What are, I, I guess you're the, someone suggested the Juggernauts. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I like even that. think we need to workshop that. Like, I'm willing to just say that's what they're called. Like, I don't even think we need to submit other ideas. Yep. I, I think that's set. I uh, think we're the juggernauts. 
Yes. I I don't know what mine would be called. I mean, like I, juggernauts wouldn't work. Uh, well, you would get alliteration like Julia's juggernauts, but I don't know that I don't know it fits like because that wasn't your thing. That was that sort of became my thing somehow. That's one of the somehow. What do you what do you mean happened. somehow? You say somehow as if you have no idea why. <laughs> You have no, no idea why people would ever associate that word with you. The original tweet was I was watching a Habs game at home. I remember it on my couch and I just was like, whatever, short season makes us draw conclusions early and the Habs are juggernaut. And then all hell broke loose the next six months. And of course, the Leafs had to co-opt that or Leafs fans had to co-opt that as something that plagued them. Of yes. Course. But CJ's juggernauts, like I'm taking that. Let's brand that. Let's put that on a shirt. Let's do whatever we need to do, Julian. Okay. Ninja, I'll have to get back to you with mine, but definitely we have juggernauts. Uh, from George on Discord, what are some of CJ's wine recommendations? Ooh, I like me a good California cab. I've actually found lately, I've never really been much of a white wine drinker, but I'm, I'm getting into Chardonnay a little bit. Mm. Um, well, keep in mind, March has been dry for me until last night. So I did, I did have a, a dry March, but prior to that, I was, I've been having some Chardonnays. My mom used to drink Chardonnay. So I, I don't know. I've been channeling my mom's energy or something. Um, mm. But I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not that, as I say, I think I said this in a previous episode, like I sound like I only drink one brand or anything like that. I loved, I went to the Duckhorn winery in, in Napa when I was there and, and they make a cheaper version called decoy. I, I've always liked their cab. Uh, it's also just like a beautiful setting if you ever get a chance to go out there. It's a, it's a cool place. Um, I like Ridge Winery. Those are that's a little more expensive, but I actually went to one with Sean McKenzie. It's it, they they have one of their wineries is not far from San Jose, and we went before a Leafs Sharks game and we went up this mountain, and it was beautiful. Like I got some killer photos up there, of Sean for his Instagram. I used to be Sean's like Instagram girlfriend or boyfriend. Um, I would always, I'd always have to take like pictures for him for his Instagram. Like he'd be wearing like a new suit or something when we were doing hits together. You know, like there's like that whole meme of like the Instagram boyfriends, like it's people taking a lot of pictures of their partner for Instagram. I was doing okay. that. I was doing that for Sean. Okay. All, All right. Maybe, maybe, maybe I've never had one of these Instagram girlfriend or boyfriends. Maybe, yeah. maybe that just speaks to my life. I it's, don't not, know. it's not really a shot. It's just more like, you know, certain people who are like putting a lot on Instagram need their photo taken a bunch, you know, and they need to like look and make sure it's perfect. Um, so I used to, anyway, I, I'm just remembering a photo of Sean, like a glamour shot of Sean at Ridge Winery. Uh, and I actually still have a bottle I bought there. That was probably three years ago. That's, that's like my most prized bottle that I haven't drank yet. I'm saving for a, a special occasion. Mm, okay. All right. I can't wait to see. Maybe the special occasion will be when you finally reveal to everyone what Jeff Carter's middle name is. Yeah. I'm still thinking about how we do that. Maybe the last episode of the season, maybe we save that for a CJ on summer vacation, just letting loose and sharing middle names. <laughs> you, add, you add that as an incentive to watch those episodes because that's where you might find out what the middle name is. Yeah, we're going to Le- drop some Easter eggs in those episodes. Oh, yeah. Leafy TV. I hope you're able to uh, wait that long uh, because I know she's been asking about the middle name for months. I know. Anyway. I feel bad like because I'm not trying to be a jerk, but, you know, sometimes it's about the journey, not the destination. Yes. Yes. Just insert that cliche in there. Well, why don't you? Uh, from Mostly Leafy's on Twitter. Do the past and the future exist or is all that exists just whatever exists right now? What is now? Hashtag ask CJ. All that exists is now, man. You got to live in the moment. That's all that exists. That's my answer. I mean, I, I think there's nothing helpful about living in your past. And there's the thing when most people look to the future, like obviously people have dreams and I think those are important, but I think the future for most people just creates anxiety because you end up worrying about something that might happen or could happen, or you're worried about what you got to do next week, but really all you got to do is take care of your business today and, and you get there. So something definitely as I've gotten older that I've learned to do better is just to live in the moment. And it's, it honestly, it brings, it makes you so much more Zen. Um, you know, there's a, that, there's a quote that, that goes around, you know, I follow some of the stoicism stuff on Instagram 
And, and it's like we suffer way more in our minds than we do in reality. And I think a lot of that is worrying about the future. And so just stay in the moment and uh, do what you got to do today. Do something good for yourself today and everything will take care of itself. Well done. <laughs> that was very deep, very zen, very existential. Uh, the last one I have here, I feel like you kind of answered when you mentioned uh, your falafel bowl, but from Neo Commander on Twitter, considering the amount of stuff you'll have to do, what's your go-to trade deadline lunch? I would go pizza, but I'm curious as to what yours is. I went with pizza yesterday for what the, for what it's worth. If I was choosing the menu, I would be going pizza too. I got to say, like, I, I, I generally eat fairly healthy, but I love pizza. Like, that's, man, I love a good yeah. slice of that. Where, where so pizza pizza obviously would be pizza, your uh, pizza for life man that's my ride or die. <laughs> that is my ride or die don't you have gift cards from them i i, I got a gift card from them because i mentioned them on the radio but i've already used it 200 bucks you already used it well it, that was four months ago like it's not like i, ha- I didn't have pizza it's also every dollars. <laughs> well <laughs> how much pizza are you eating <laughs> not that much um, but from time to time, you got to treat yourself, brother. Like I don't, I don't eat a lot of dessert. You know, I, it's, you gotta, you gotta look after yourself, but yeah, pizza, pizza for, for life. If, if I was choosing the menu, I liked my falafel bowl though. As I said, it was, it was good, good, healthy option came with an apple and a bubbly. I saw producer Nick uh, was powered by bubbly when he put up our show on Sunday. Yeah. Shout out producer Nick for putting that episode up and uh, shout out to him in advance for putting this episode up because know, this, this is, is like a two hour episode of just this nonsense. is this is one of the most funny episodes I have ever done in any podcast form in my life between the sunglasses Ridic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, I honestly like I feel like just punchy. You know, yes, it was three weeks of chaos. Like who's getting new, like working every day and night and not sleeping enough. We got to we got to unload and leash a little bit. I could tell because like the last few episodes, I'm not going to lie. Like I would look at you and I'm like, yeah, you were like intense. You were like like you're talking here. You're like looking at your other phone or whatever. And you're trying to make sure you don't miss out on anything. Completely understandable considering what's going on. But like this is you've clearly released all of whatever you've had on your shoulders and then just you get to be free flowing today. So like, I, I love this. Yeah, man. I'm heading to West Palm on Sunday. Going to have some outdoor runs. Life's good. Oh man. We got to figure out how to do those episodes for next week, but we also got to figure out what we're going to do for Thursday because uh, we didn't say we weren't going to take Thursday off. So we're going to have a regular Thursday episode. That's it. On our this people train will stay with us, even if we're just talking about nothing to do with hockey. Our people are still here, so this train. Like someone is still listening. Okay. They're an hour into this episode, and they're still listening to this. Like it's insane. Yeah, yeah. Adam, I think has been a little bit more lenient over these last few episodes with regards to our time. So I don't expect to get an angry phone call from him after this. But uh, yeah, like I said, he he should understand because of the gems that have been spewed out over these last few episodes. You've you've killed it. You've you've done very well, CJ. You've earned another Bobby Mark. I'm glad. I'm glad. I can't believe we're still going, man. 52 episodes or 53. I don't know. This is 52, but I can believe it because uh, you're very good at what you do and people like you. Wow. Now you're hitting me with the what are you trying to do? Make me sentimental? yeah why not i mean people like you i mean of course huh it's been fun honestly what a what a season this has been i can't believe we're already past the trade deadline like this year it time has sort of stood still like remember how many of those episodes we were bogged down talking about covid delays and all this stuff yeah. like that doesn't even feel like the same season and we we the kyle kyle beach like that was yeah. obviously a very serious thing that was a couple couple of months ago like there are so many stories that have taken place this year that could easily be the thing to talk about in any other season. And just for this year, we've had to deal with so much of that leading up to now. And it's- now we're going to ride our Florida Panthers all the way to the Stanley cup final. And we're going to cash the big ticket and we're going to have like an awesome dinner on the Panthers. Manifest. Bet. Bet. Let's do it. I'm looking forward to it. Even if I have to like travel the, wherever to make that happen I, I, i'm you can tell i'm very are much you coming to toronto to anytime 
Uh, I haven't planned anything, but I would like to. I'd like to just just like I come around and hang out. Special episode plan whenever you get to Toronto. But we can't we can't share all the details. But there's, it's going to involve me and you and a third guest. But I think it only works if we're in the same room. So if you're ever coming here, make sure I know. Don't slide into town and out and not not phone. Oh, that's not going to happen. That's you will know when I'm in your city and uh, when that happens. If it's what I think it is, we'll make our oh, traveler gonna... return to Adam's basement. He doesn't even know we're coming over yet. We're just going to show up. Yeah, and and if it's who I think it is, yeah, we should definitely all roll up with that surprise guest. That that would very much be a surprise. I think the perfect time is now, like when we're sort of beyond the deadline and all that. Like I think to do something a little different. So get all your right. uh, get on down the highway, get on down the train track, get on down that one hour flight, and get to Toronto. <laughs> I'll consider it. You'll you'll see me soon. Uh, ask CJ for next week. We'll we'll worry about that next week. But Thursday's episode, uh, we'll have stick taps. We haven't done stick taps in a while. We'll get to yeah. stick taps and uh, whatever other fun stuff we'll do uh, on our Thursday episode. Subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, join the SDPN Discord, sdpn.ca slash uh, not SP, sdpn.ca and the discord link is there go to the shop and buy some stuff as well because uh, there's some cool Coburg stuff uh at this point if we're gonna really go all in on juggernauts maybe we have to find a way to to get some juggernauts merch because uh, i think people would buy that siege yeah i love that and shout out to there was a guy in the street the other day and he's like are you chris johnson i love the podcast so shout out to that guy <laughs> i didn't get his name but thank you for saying that there was a guy uh, at the Bell Center yesterday who like recognized me. He's like, yeah, you do all this good stuff. And then I told him I did the CJ show. I was like, that's you too? Like he didn't realize it was the same dude. So shout out that guy too. Love it. Shout I out. love that our love audience it. showed up. Shout out everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. For CJ, I'm Julian saying so long and peace. The Chris Johnson Show. Inside the game twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie.